Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Thursday, September the 1st, and this is episode number 162. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Hey, Rod, uh, going good. Um, We're into September. Our baseball team is in first place. Our basketball team pulled off a huge trade today. And our football team is like just about a week and a half away. That's crazy. Yeah, there's this, there's always this, um, I was going to say a few week period, but it's a little bit longer than that when, when everything's going on. Right. You know, all the sports and it's, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty cool time, especially when things seem to be relevant with all three teams. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doesn't happen when, a lot. When they're all, all looking like they can contend, right? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen that much. Hasn't uh, happened or, much in my lifetime. No, where all three of them look like that. So, so yeah, right. pretty cool. So, a good time to be a Cleveland sports fan. Definitely. You got it. So, our, our guest tonight is is Craig Hillis. You can follow him at Brown underscore Northern. Um, Craig, how are things going? Not too bad, Rod. How about yourself? Uh, think, things are good. It's it's good to talk to you. And, um, you know, we talked off... Uh, you know, off the air before, not that we're on the air, but we, we talked before recording that, um, <laughs> that uh, you know, you and I have been following each other probably since I pretty much since I started my Twitter account. And um, this is the cool thing about doing podcasts like this. Um, you know, not everybody cares about my opinion and stuff, but but this is a great, uh, you know, a great way for me to get to, to, to actually talk to people um you know, in person, so to so to speak, that um, you know that I've just had conversations with on Twitter, and you know, you and I have been talking for uh, for quite a few years, so uh, it's the first time we've ever actually done this. So, so it's really cool. I'm, I'm uh, glad to glad to have you, and um, looking forward to talking some Browns with you. Fantastic. No, I appreciate the invite. Yeah, we've been chatting for a while, but never face to face. I've seen your face; you never saw mine until tonight. So. I apologize for that. I got, I got a voice for, I got a voice for radio, not a face for TV. Well, you, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's seen me on TV either. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're uh, we're going to skip the blitz beverages tonight. It's uh, that kind of an evening. There's just too much excitement, so we don't we don't need to worry about the uh, the blitz beverage segment. Um, we're going to go right into. Uh, segment that we like to do for uh for guests when it's their first time on the podcast and that's uh that's um uh where we want to hear about your your browns fandom craig so i'm just going to turn it over to you and and um we want to we want to hear about the journey that you've been on as a browns fan well for a lot of people that follow me you know i'm in canada so in central canada there's not a lot of access to uh the nfl back in the early late 70s early 80s so i would say probably 81, 82, somewhere in that wheelhouse. We started getting some Monday night games, the odd Sunday game. Never Browns games, though, for some reason, but always always NFL games. And that's where I started watching and just fell in love with those orange helmets that have been hooked ever since, sadly, or great. I don't know what the proper word is, but it's a little bit of, little bit of sadness we've all shared over the years. So that's how it started, and uh, I've never looked back and huge Browns fan and there's not a lot of us up here, I'll be quite honest with you. A lot of Packer fans, Viking fans, uh, Bear fans. but uh, And, of course, the Patriot uh, bandwaggers always jump in and out. But 
But uh, yeah, there's only maybe two or three of us Browns fans. I used to actually just, the only way I could follow the team was actually in the back page of the sports page every Monday morning, read a little blurb about uh, how the guys had done and all the stats for the day. And then eventually I was able to get Browns News Illustrated sent out to me, the old paper that I usually got that about three weeks late. So everything in it was outdated and well past due. And then once in a while, they'd throw a game in the mid to late 80s. I get a Sunday game or something, you know, and the Cowboys played Played the Browns there, that great game where uh, Eric Turner made that big stop in the goal line against Novacek and and all that, and some of the games prior to that. That's how we kind of just, you know, in my house, got locked in on the Browns. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so some of the stuff that a lot of us kind of take for take for granted, um, you haven't, you know, you didn't have at your disposal back then. I mean, obviously, you get, uh, you know, you can. Uh, you have the internet and you have some other things now, but, uh, right. but back then it was a little, a little bit tougher, you know, um, well, that's it. I used to get, I used to get all the, uh, you know, the preseason magazines and you go through it and go right, find the Browns page. And then I heard something about some kind of programming of some sort, like, which is now what we call Sunday ticket. And they were talking about this thing where you could watch all your team's games. And I was like in about 86, 87. And I thought mm-hmm. this was some kind of, some kind of voodoo or something. I figured, how are you going to be able to do this? <laughs> But I got but I got in on it the first year it was available here and I've had it every year since. And coincidentally, I actually ordered it today for my dish out here at my cottage so I can actually watch all the games out here this year. So uh, pretty jacked. And yeah, now with the Internet, you know, I'm all over it with the Twitter. And, and I've been to Cleveland a couple of times. I've been to Minnesota, seen the Browns. Sadly, I've been to Pittsburgh and seen the Browns play there. But I've seen them live. Uh, you know, I was there in 95, their second or third last game against the Vikings before that horrific uh, thing Modell did. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been, uh, yeah, we've been following it and suffering along with all you guys, even though we, we aren't right there with you. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's always interesting to hear from people who, you know, who are outside of Cleveland or who you know weren't raised in Cleveland and that. So, um, yeah. but there are, there are fans all over all over the world, Browns fans. Oh yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. yeah. We 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 share we share. Uh, um, you know, I, I guess we'll say the pain and everything that we've been through. So, um, oh, that's for sure. But there's, yeah, there's definitely, definitely a family or a brotherhood to it for sure. Obviously, we're doing this, this podcast now, but you know, I would run into guys in the late 80s in the Dakotas somewhere at a mall and a guy'd have a Browns t shirt on and, it, you know, guys just make a beeline toward, towards me. And then next thing you know, we're high five and then it was like we knew each other our entire lives. So it's just, <laughs> there's some, there's something about this fan base that, you know, you yeah. don't see in, don't see in other sports or other cities, you know. I'm not from Cleveland, so when I hear people complain about it, I'm like, man, I've been there. I, you know, I never lived there, but I really enjoy coming. Yeah. I'm obviously planning on coming back next year, hopefully to see uh, Joe go into the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, but nice. uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Excellent. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk some Browns, guys. Um, okay. You know, we we've. Uh, Last couple of podcasts, we spent time going over the the offensive and defensive rosters and kind of, you know, we, I don't know if we really picked exactly who we thought was going to go, you know, onto the 53, but we kind of talked about it and who we thought had the best chance and everything. Well, that part's come to pass, and there have been a couple of moves since. So um, so let's kind of take a look at this, at this um, I guess we'll still call it, the initial 53 because um i think we're still expecting changes to this thing um you know before the first game i mean it, it's always a, a uh, work in progress 
as we know, oh, and yeah. you know, and things change even during the season. So, so um, I, I guess rather than just go through this, why don't um, why don't I go to to each of you guys first, um, just just to get your your thoughts on that initial fifty three that came out, um, you know, before the moves and before we even knew who was on the practice squad, and and Jeff. Um, what uh, what were the what were the biggest surprises for you when you saw that that fifty three um, that came out? You know when it was all there because I mean we're watching cuts and and you know this guy's cut and then that guy's cut and you know and and until all the cuts were made you know you don't really have a picture. Um, so when it was all there, what what were your thoughts? Well, I think Johnny Stanton was sort of a head scratcher for me. Um, you know, I kind of thought that only a couple of the tight ends would make the roster. Um, and it, you know, that if you were reading the tea leaves, it kind of looked like they were going to keep Stanton as a fullback, fullback slash tight end, um, mm-hmm. and get some of that, you know, that, those third tight end snaps. Um, and, you know, knowing how Kevin Stefanski has used a fullback, I thought, man, Johnny Stanton's a lock. Um, well, that didn't happen. Um, you know, I'm, I'm crushed that my guy Blake Hance will be playing somewhere else this season. Um, but other than that, I think it was pretty straightforward. I, I pretty, I think everybody on the 53, I kind of expected to be on the initial 53. Yeah, I'll, I'll save my thoughts. I'm, I'm going to go to you, Craig, and um, let, let's get your thoughts as far as any surprises or just what you thought of the, of the 53 when you, when you saw that. Well, to be honest, the Hans was also a big one for me. I was just kind of surprised, but also surprised about Rochelle. I thought for sure he was going to make it. And uh, obviously we won't talk about practice squad yet, but yeah, I thought he was going to be on there too. I thought with the, the lack of playing time with Vinovich being hurt the whole time, I thought there's no way, you know, I know they traded for him and everything, but I thought Rochelle was out there putting in reps, putting in the practice. I thought he'd have a, he'd have a shot to at least make it at least one spot. I know it's a different position, but I thought, you know, maybe he'd have a shot. And I'm kind of surprised they didn't make a move at running back too. I've kind of, Running five guys back there is just, I don't know, we're loaded. I think they're gonna have, there's going to be a trade of some sort coming. But And I guess the other one I was kind of surprised about was Harley Jr. You know what? I kind of thought he had a good camp. I, lo- I liked watching him in the preseason. I was kind of surprised with Woods being hurt and everything that, you know, I know he's back now, but I thought for sure they'd find a place to, to put him in there. But those were, those were my few that I was kind of taken aback on. Yeah, I'm right there with you on uh, on most of those moves, and um, we'll get to the practice squad. But I mean, obviously, with a lot of these guys getting to the practice squad, that kind of softens the blow on on um, my thoughts as far as who should have been on the 53. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, you know, if, if the Browns are able to keep control of these guys and, and still have them, then, then great. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm with you guys on hands. If if you would have told me the Browns would keep uh, what, 10, 10 offensive linemen and Blake Hans wouldn't be one of them? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I would have told you, yeah, no, no way. I don't yeah, see how that could possibly happen. Yeah. Um, so, but but both of those are surprises, that, that Hans isn't one of the guys and that they kept 10. I mean, 10, 10's <laughs> a lot. That's for, a lot. A lot of spots, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and that's really where they um, – 
really where they took the extra guys because, I mean, right now they're sitting at two tight ends. Um, you know, it, it depends where you put Felton. Um, they've got what? I guess they've got uh, they've got six receivers if you count Felton, um, five yeah. running backs, or you can say they have five and five, however you want to say that. Um, and then um, well, defensive end, they're down to – are they with down to four. five now? Before five five or Five with Winovich. With Winovich, yeah. they're down to – they, yeah. they have five, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I liked Harley, but um, but yeah, they're again the uh, the practice squad, um, and uh, you know, and, and I I really thought that they would keep an extra corner, but then but then um, both the corners, you know, they're they're uh, what sixth and seventh corners, they got both of those guys to the practice squad, which <laughs> I didn't really expect. No, that's right, me neither. So um, so it's hard to. I, I guess it's real hard to, to complain, um, you know, about this, but um, it's just, it's not what I expected. I expected they would keep a third tight end kind of as a placeholder, you know, because I think most everybody expected them to either pick somebody up on waivers or, or trade for somebody or something for a third tight end. But now they got, they've got two on the roster, um, two on the practice squad, and you just still feel like there's got to be a move coming there. Um, I, you know, I don't know unless <laughs> unless they're going to go with. Um, I don't know. You guys, you guys think there's a possibility that the plan is to play six offensive linemen in case of you know having rather than having a blocking tight end out there, Jeff? You think that might be the plan, or do you, or? Do you think it's, or do you think they just haven't signed that third tight end yet? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I think we're still probably looking for another tight end, but um, you know, we definitely have the linemen that could do that in short yardage situations. Um, so yeah, I, you know, this this whole thing is is still going to shake out a little bit. I think. I, I think I'm still expecting a trade. Um, as as uh, Craig said, one of the running backs is probably going to get moved um but yeah i mean we're, we're looking at a new offense anyway any way you look at this move i think we've been saying this for a while that um this offense has to be structured differently and especially as we get into the the, the end of the season um so that's really reflected in those those changes that we saw in the roster composition yeah, let's let's get this out of the way. Demetrius Felton is is he going to be? Which of the three is he going to be this season? A running back, a receiver, or or a gadget guy? What do you think, Craig? Uh, you know what? I, I see him kind of being along the lines of a Metcalf kind of role. Maybe not so much in the return game as much, but I could see him swinging him into the slot, taking him out of the backfield, putting him in motion. I could see it. You know, but which one of these backs do they trade? Are they trading Hunt or are they trading Johnson? I know Hunt is a great, great back, and, you know, I, I don't want to see him go, but, you know, his contract's up, so do they move him now, or do they extend him, or what do they do? So, uh, yeah, get back to your question on Felton. I, I could see more of a gadget thing, to give you, be honest. Mm-hmm. Jeff, what, do you agree with that? Yeah, to an extent. I, th- I think he's probably going to see a lot of time as a kick returner. 
um, and then mm-hmm. fill fill in voids at those other two positions. I, I mean, I've never really viewed him as a running back. Um, you know, he he's really yeah. he's really going to be um, a trick play kind of a guy when he's in there. You know, in that role. Um, but I think you know everybody's expecting our backs to catch a lot of balls this year too, or especially early in the season. So it'll be really fun to watch how how. Kevin Stefanski utilizes all those guys. Yeah. Um, trying to think who, uh, besides Felton, who else was going to return kicks on this team? Cause they had Harley returning kicks. Um, who else returned kicks on the preseason for uh, Ford returned some kicks. Yeah. yeah Ford, Ford and no. DPJ are listed as, you know, DPJ guys. Yeah, um, probably Johnson's returned kicks before, too. So, um, okay. Well, I guess they're probably okay at return, return man then. Um, yeah, my, my uh, you know, my whole thought on this thing is that, um, and, you know, and uh, it, Jeff and I talk um, other than just on this podcast, and, you know, and everybody knows that the Browns have not only the most cap space, but the youngest roster in the league too um and it's sprinkled in with a lot of uh, pro bowl players and it's not just a young roster it's a very good roster so um it just it seems to me that they went for more youth kind of trying to um trying to you know build more for the long run here um not not that they're rebuilding or taking a step back or anything i think they intentionally you know kept some young guys thinking you know, we might as well, you know, develop some young guys while we have a shot here. Um, we've got plenty of good players, um, you know, so uh, um, I, I feel like they kind of went that direction. And it, this year kind of seems like kind of a mix of of if things break our way during the first 11 games, we've still got a shot. And if they don't, we're really lining up for the next three, four seasons with this team. And, and giving some of these young guys a shot to, to play some. And I think how the, how the first 11 games go will, will dictate, you know, how much playing time guys like, like Ford and Woods and, 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 you know, guys like that get this season. Because if you're winning, you're not leaning on your rookies. But if you're not, you're, you're going to try to get them, you know, more experience and, you know, and, and get them ready for, you know, the next, next few seasons as you go. Yeah, so, um, yeah, um, I think you know, as, it, it's hard for Browns fans to to adjust to where this roster sits today. You know, we're we're, we're so used to having to continually blow it up and and you know not having guys in their prime and Pro Bowl players and stuff that. Um, it takes a different mentality to think about the fact that you can win now and still have an eye toward the future. And that's what a really yeah. good GM does. That's what a real football team does. We just, yeah. we're just not used to, we're just we're right. not used we, to it. We, we we've never experienced that. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to try to lose. And, you know, I, I think Andrew Barry's a guy who, who really doesn't care where his draft picks are. He's, he's going to find guys. You know, he, well, he and, would, you know, great. He would love to have too. a first or second round pick. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, that's true. But he, yeah, he would love to have, you know, some first and second round picks, but 
um, you know, he, he can find guys in the third and fourth rounds um, that are going to contribute. I think so, the other thing you've seen is that this team really commits to development of its draft picks. You know, we're, we're three years in and, and not one draft pick has been cut. Yeah, that's the point I was getting to, yeah. Yeah, because this team this team commits to developing those guys all the way down through, you know, the seventh round of the draft. Yeah, yeah so so let's go over those those um you know those picks for those three years. Is there anybody on this team that, that should have been cut? Well, a lot of people are saying Schwartz, and you know what I'm <laughs> Schwartz. You know, and I, I realize yeah, I realize you know what. Yeah, he's dropping a lot of balls, but he's a young guy. He's got speed. If he can just get the the fear out of his head that he's going to get hit, you know what? He, he could be a real good one. Yeah, plus maybe learn how to run some routes. I, he needs some work. He's definitely a raw yeah. talent for sure. He, yeah, he needs work, and he's he's the popular guy to kick right now. But um, yeah. it, if it's not Schwartz, who who is the next guy on that list that they've drafted who really doesn't deserve a spot on this fifty three? Is there anybody that comes to mind? Wow, I don't know. That's tough. I would have, I would have said Jordan Elliott before the season, but he seemed to come into camp, yeah. bulked up a bit, and he's uh, he had a good camp, and he looks like he's starting to get it now. It's becoming a pro. Yeah. So yeah, I would have said El, you know, maybe him or or Togiai, you know, one of these yeah. guys. But they both, you know, they both showed something, and you know, in the preseason and camp and that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to think that the that their plan is so far working. I mean, we haven't gone far enough into it to see what their breaking point is on a guy. You know, yep. um, right. if, if Schwartz doesn't do anything this season, and if Togi doesn't show up this whole year, or if Jordan Elliott actually has a down season, you know, um, then what? You know. Yeah. So that'll be interesting, but yeah, I I don't think. Um... I mean, James Hudson, you could probably say early last year was in that category, you know, where he mm-hmm. was taking a lot of heat. Um, but as as the season wore on, I think he he came on, and now mm-hmm. I think they're they're very confident in his ability. Um, he still is in that learning curve, right? But if if they had panicked early last season uh, and pulled the rug out from under him. You would have never found out, right? So, yeah. Um, when you've got qualified NFL starters, I mean, when you've got Pro Bowlers and and veteran NFL starters, um, you can afford to be developing backups. You know, we're we're not we're not drafting James Hudson to start. We're drafting right. him to to be a swing tackle and maybe start in two or three years if you know Jack Conklin moves on. Right. So I think they're always thinking two, three years down the road. Well, and I'll I'll give you another guy who may have tested them this season, but an injury caused him to 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 for this to not happen. And that's and that's Demetric Felton because of the Jakeem Grant injury. Right. If Jakeem Grant is healthy, I don't know if there's any way Demetric Felton makes this roster. And that, right. you know, that may have been the first guy to get cut after, what, one season? I believe he's, was he, uh, last year was his rookie season, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would have been an interesting one to see if they would have tried to find a way to keep him anyhow, because there really wouldn't be a spot for him if Jakeem, if Jakeem Grant is healthy. 
Another one I throw it is maybe uh, Harris. If he hadn't got hurt, how long, you know, how much time would they have given him at center? You know, I don't know. I think he was ready, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I... I don't know. I, I kind of like the, the composition of the roster. I like the players. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, I was pretty happy about uh, uh, Kunazic, which I'm saying wrong, and um, you know, and uh, and uh, Bell both making the roster. Um, I felt like those guys earned spots, and it seems like the past two seasons, guys like that just did not make this team. It didn't matter how good they looked. They just didn't make the team. It was guys yeah. who had been here. It was draft picks and free agents, and that was it. So oh, I agree. I, with you. Yeah. So I, yeah, I thought that um, I thought that was really cool for both of those guys to make it. Um, I think DeAnthony Bell making this team was probably the worst kept secret of training camp. You know, based on how he played in the first preseason game. <laughs> he just kind of knew he was going to make the roster. Yeah, he was going to make it. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think uh, I think uh, Kunazic, um, you know, I, th- I think some people were putting uh, Dakota Allen in front of him, but um, I think, you know, Dakota Allen made the practice squad. So so that it, it's a win-win. So um, anyways, so uh <sighs> Let's uh, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the um, I guess I guess the change with uh, with um, we're going to have to get to this and then we'll go over the practice squad and kind of as maybe as a little bit of a part of this. But that's that's the fact that the Browns claimed um, Kellen Mond, the um, the quarterback. And um, a lot of people hate this move because they just think this guy's terrible. Um, and then the Browns. Browns think otherwise. Um, well, I, I took a lot of heat here in Central Canada because we're not far from Minnesota, and all the Vikings fans that I know are all over me about it, telling me how oh, lucky you guys. Good signing, and I took a lot of a lot of heat. So, yeah, we're not the only ones that are worried about them. The you know the Viking fans weren't too pleased with them either. So the Viking fans don't didn't like him either. Nope, not at all. Didn't want him. We're happy he was gone. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, I, I guess I, after one year. After, after one year, one. yeah. Sounds like sounds like the Browns a few yeah. years back. This sounds like someone on our team. Yeah. Third, third yeah. round pick on our team. Third, they, yeah, yeah. yeah he's they took him in the third round, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, guys, I I don't know. I think I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen one play, one throw from him on tape so i you know i'm not in a spot to judge him or say anything about him yeah me I, neither i i haven't seen him right. play either but i think his skill set really relates to a, a very similar to a dobbs to a you know to a deshaun to a brissette kind of guy like mobile good arm throws that uh right. and can right. lace it in there really well i think that's why they went after him something similar to fit the system yeah so they're, they're I, hoping... I think they were they were really high on him in the draft last year um, oh, okay. and they had him on their draft board, um, as a backup, um, potential, um, in the draft. And, um, you know, you look at that profile, like you're saying, you know, you, you've got big, strong, athletic, mobile, dual threat quarterbacks now in 
um, your first four guys, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing is, is that, you know, Jacoby Brissett is on a one-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to start the first 11 games um, with the idea that, that this is his tryout to, to get a team next year. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Get, get a contract and, and start someplace else. Okay. So, so where does that leave the Browns organization in terms of a backup behind Deshaun Watson a year from now? And I think where, where they see Kellen Mond is, you know, if, if, if they keep him on the team this year and develop him, um, he can be that natural step in for, for Deshaun Watson, just like uh, Baltimore has done um with unlike backing up unlike. yeah exactly yeah you know yeah. so um I, I like i like him taking a chance i don't have a problem with it at all um you know you quarterbacks are tradable assets you just like cornerbacks you could never have too many skilled quarterbacks right right yeah. um we've how many times have we seen that our team go through three or four quarterbacks in the season due to injury oh. right um, yeah, yeah. So, you know what? With with all the uncertainty around the quarterback room this year, um, and guys on short deals and stuff, why not take a chance on this kid? Well, I agree with you. I don't I don't know enough. Like uh, Rod had said, I don't know enough about the guy to to, to label him or anything. I've just seen his his skill set. I've seen a little bit of his college highlights on YouTube. You know, as soon as somebody yeah. the Browns signs somebody, I'm all over YouTube trying to find some info on the guy if I don't know. So. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not yeah. shocked. The thing is, so they got now that they've signed him, and I do, I don't know this rule, but now that he's on the 53, does he have like we basically he's on this, the roster for the season? We have to carry him. Yes. Yeah, we have to carry him for the year. Yeah, so he's taking a spot. So yeah. third quarterback is yeah. But I, which I think I think that's kind of the surprising part to me is that um, is that they have to you know is that they would claim a guy like this and and put him on the 53 for the season because because of the way Josh Dobbs played um mm-hmm. because I, I really didn't expect them to carry three QBs through the season not at all not at you know? all no I agree um, and and you know after, after game 11 um what, what are they going to do you know um once once they get out there then you know, I, I guess I guess they're going to let Josh Dobbs go. You know. Well, if they if they're if they sign Mon for the purpose, like Jeff said, and I think he's probably right to kind of develop him, then yeah, Dobbs will be gone. It's unfortunate because he's a solid, smart guy. He's probably great in the room. He, look yeah. what he did in preseason. He impressed all of us. I know it's against the, the twos and the threes, but man, he he played great. He, he looked he looked uh, good good enough to me to you know to be a to be a good backup in this league, you know? So it's just kind of surprising to me that they would go get another guy. So, um, and I know they like him. I know they like him in this, but it's just, it's just strange hearing how much everybody else thinks this guy has nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. So many people think this guy is terrible. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be very interesting because we're probably not going to be able to see anything. Um, we're, we're not going to see him in a game. No. You know, um, they're going to be working with him. Um, you know, we're going to see Jacoby Brissett and, you know, and 
maybe Josh Dobbs in these in these eleven games, and that's and that's it. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, hopefully. Um, hopefully, yeah, yeah. We don't just, want to go just, past that. Not to belabor the point, but just kind of going back to the the contract side of this. Okay, um, you know, Dobbs is on a one year prove it deal. Brissett mm-hmm. is on a one year prove it deal. Um, Kellen Mond is is on is in the rookie contract. Uh, four-year deal making he's in what you're you're two of you're two of a rookie of a four-year two of a i believe you're two of a rookie deal um so so you know when you talk about controlling costs with your backup quarterback um if if they can get him to a point where he's a reliable backup next year uh, it really makes a lot of sense when you got one of the most expensive quarterbacks in the league starting for you yeah. yeah, yeah, it doesn't in that case. If they figure that they're probably not going to have Brissett or Dobbs next season. And, you know, I, I guess we have to um, see what happens with Josh Rosen. Um, oh. You know, I mean, people aren't – and nobody likes Josh Rosen either. But <laughs> I'll be honest, guys, I, I think it's a good move having him on the practice squad because this guy has arm talent. He's been shipped from one team to the next. I think if this guy could actually stick with the team, even if it's on the practice squad for a few years, I think he has a chance to actually develop into something, even if it's a backup, you know, just because of the talent the guy has. Well, I won't argue with that one, but right. they got to change his they got to change his number because he shouldn't be wearing 19. I know that's been all over Twitter and everywhere. But <laughs> yeah. that, that People don't like that. And I, I understand I don't it. Like that. I don't like it at all. Right. Myself. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I'm not looking at Josh Rosen as, you know, as a starter and MVP candidate, because I think if he had that ability, he, you know, he would have shown it by now. But um, I think when the guy's got that kind of arm talent, um, I think he's. Like you're saying with Kellen Mond, I think that's why they signed him to the practice squad. He's, you know, there's there's something there that if you can get the right guys to work with him, maybe they can maybe they can turn him into a little something. So um, whether they're going to be able to trade him for a seventh round pick or not, I don't know. No, <laughs> right. We'll just have to see. Not right now, anyways. Well, we got so, we got Ivy Ivy Leaguers running this team, and there's people on higher pay grades than all of us. So you know what, I have to trust that they know what they're doing, even though we don't have all the info. But yeah, uh, I'm hoping they know what they're doing, anyways. Gee. Yeah. So so guys, until they until they prove they don't, I I believe they do. That's yeah. right. That's a good way to be. Yep. Yeah. So let's let's take a look at this practice squad because honestly, it's um for me it, it's fairly impressive. Um, I'm mostly because I actually know all the names on it, which is unusual. Um, usually, usually it's, uh, you know, guys that they sign from other teams and everything. And almost every guy in the practice squad, I think, I think all of them have, you know, were guys that played for the Browns. So, um, yeah. So, um, so Brock Hoffman, um, who was whatever you want to call him, depending on pre- pre-neck Harris injury or whatnot, um, you know, second, third, fourth center, um, they've got him. Uh, cornerback Sean Jolly and Herb Miller, I think, um, you know, both those guys have, have a shot to, to, to be decent players. I mean, Herb Miller contributed last season. Um, Isaac uh, Rochelle made it to the practice squad. Um, interesting one is, uh, is David Moore. Did you guys see what happened with him? Yeah. 
Uh, I, did, so, I didn't see what happened, but I saw his name on the right. They're going to move him from the, the offensive line to the defensive line. Oh, yeah. Geez. Well, he, he was what? Um, I, don't, he was, I think he was listed as a tackle with the Browns. I knew he played guard and tackle. Um, he's 6'2", 320. Um, 320 plus is what it said in the article I read. But um, they're moving him to DT. I guess he. It sounds like he's played some, some, some defensive tackle like on the scout team before, mm-hmm. and they kind of mm-hmm. liked what they saw. So, yeah. so they said, ah, what the heck? We'll bring you back as a defensive tackle. The guy's big, and they don't have um, they don't have a lot of beef on the defensive line right now. Right. <laughs> so let's let's teach him while we're running a season here. Um, you know what? I mean, I mean I why not? He's six two three twenty. You know, he's not yeah. not not prototypical um, offensive tackle size. I think you know they they sort of had yeah. him slotted in as a guard, and yeah. this team is just so deep at guard already. Um, but if you look at our our D line, um, you know how many guys do we have with that kind of size? I don't think anybody on the team is three twenty. <laughs> Nobody. No. <laughs> no. Right. I think the That's biggest big... defensive tackle is what three oh five maybe. Right. Something like that. So I don't have an issue with using a spot on the practice squad to to work with a guy, especially if it's a guy you've seen, you know, somewhat in action and they, they think they can do something with. And, I mean, they've, they've got some darn good coaches on this team. Well, that's it. It's not the first time somebody's moved from one line to the other side. It's happened before. Mm-hmm. It's not a regular mm-hmm. thing, but who knows? Yeah, so um, – so they've got David Moore at, at DT, um, Roderick Perry, DT, uh, Dakota Allen, linebacker, um, Josh Rosen we talked about, um, John Kelly, running back, who uh, I know is one of Jeff's favorites. And you know what? I think he's probably getting to be a fan favorite, too, because this guy just runs hard. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, it's good to have him in the organization, but man, wouldn't, wouldn't you kind of like to see him get a shot somewhere, too? Um just because of the way he well, plays, yeah. Uh, you know, I just, um, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess we'll see how things work out. Because um, I don't know if we talked on this show or off the air, Jeff. But uh, you know, I, you know, um, just between the two of us, that's, you know, that there's always potential that the next season, um, you know, it, it's possible that Hunt and Johnson are, are both gone, and and the, uh, yeah. you know, it could be Chubb, Ford, and you know, and a third guy, and maybe maybe that winds up being John Kelly or somebody like him. So yeah. maybe you stick around long enough, you finally get your shot to to play a little bit. So um, uh, they kept uh, they got. I, I that, think a lot of these guys are going to get to play this year, Rod. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, um, the the cornerbacks are are definitely going to get a, ch- a chance to play, just knowing you know how our starters are with injury. They're constantly <laughs> you know nicked up. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, that's that's just sort of normal, right? I mean, but yeah. but those guys are going to get playing time. Um, you know, I think several of these guys are going to see significant playing time. And, and again, depending on what happens with the running back room, if, if there is a trade, um, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see John Kelly playing a little bit later in the year. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Would not. Um, so let, let's add uh, Alex Taylor, tackle. Um, I know he's got a hyphen after that now. Um, and then they've got the two tight ends, uh, Miller Forstall and um, uh, Zaire Mitchell-Payton. Um, 
those guys are going to get some playing time depending on whether or not or when the Browns add another tight end, uh, especially if they don't do it by the first game. Um, and then they got the two uh, two wide receivers, uh, Mike Harley, who uh, who uh, Craig and I both liked um, to possibly make the team. Um, you know, I I just I, you know I just thought he uh, thought he played well. Um, he doesn't give up on plays. He doesn't give up on catches. You know, I want a guy out there who's just you know doing everything he can to catch a damn ball. And, and, you know, that's not just a shot at, at, uh, at Schwartz. That's a shot at almost everybody who's played receiver for the Browns over the past 10 years. Um, there's, there's a length, lengthy list of really poor, overly paid receivers on, that we've had. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's a good, good shot at all of them. Yeah, just, just to see Mike Harley out there, you know, <laughs> not giving up after just one try for the ball, but getting it on the second shot. Um you know, so they kept him and or they got him in the practice squad and Dalen Baldwin, who's a little bit um, bigger guy, too. Um, I think there were some people liked him, too, um, as a rookie. So um, I, I think you're right. Jeff. Some of these guys, you know, are going to get time and you don't feel like there's a big gap between some of these guys and guys on the roster, um, which is right. which is pretty cool. Well, and, and, you know, in the case of Mike Harley, I think there's sort of an unwritten rule that we have to have a minimum number of 5'10 guys. <laughs> well, yeah, because almost every receiver, um, almost every receiver is six foot, I believe. Yeah. So, Cooper, you know, DPJ, Bell. Um, I know Woods, uh, Schwartz, I think, is six six zero. Oh, is he not? Um, he's pretty close, so, so yeah. something like that. Something yeah. like that. He's so yeah, just barely over six foot. Yeah, yeah. And then guys, I just real quick, guys on the IR that the Browns, um, I guess depends on their contract. But Nick Harris, um, Chris Odom, um, Stephen Weatherly, Dawson Deaton, um, Elijah Nakanza. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, Jakeem Grant and Isaiah Weston, who some people liked, but he never really got a shot at much at receiver because um, he got because of his injury. And then let's let's just talk about two seconds about the Deshaun Watson suspension. He is um, he is currently out of the building, and he can be back in the building on um, October the 10th, and he can practice again on November the 14th. So those are the dates, um, which uh, practicing on the 14th gives them roughly three weeks of practice before the, the Houston game. So um, let's go back to the uh, to the tight end, because, um, Jeff, we, we were looking at this rule about practice squad and um, the fact that you can you can put guys from the practice squad on the on the. Uh, we, on, on your 48-man active roster for the game, right? So you, you can only do it for um, three times before they have to be a part of the 53. So mm-hmm. um, I was unsure of that because I think COVID changed some things and, and all that. So I was wondering if they could, you know, how far they could get along with these two tight ends on the practice squad. And the answer is um, a few games. <laughs> yeah. Not as far as we would like them to. So, um, so uh, 
Craig, I want I want to go back to you because we've kind of been drowning you out here. Um, no problem. What do you think? Um, what do you think some of the remaining moves are before the Browns kind of tee it up here for that for that first game um, in Carolina? Well, I think what they want and what's going to be available are probably two different items. You know, myself. <laughs> True. I, I, yeah. You know. I think they'd like to probably add another guy in the wide receiver room, like another a, a decent, a decent bet, and that probably another tight end, like you guys said. I agree there too. But in order to do that, you're gonna have to sign somebody, and you're either gonna have to release or you're gonna have to make a trade. And I, I, I don't know. I have to have a feeling there's a trade coming out of that running back room, and I don't know if it's gonna be before week one or before you know week three. But some, they got to make room, and somebody's gonna have to go. And it, that's that's where our our assets are is in that room. So. Yeah, I kind of feel like, like just based on the youth of the roster, like we talked about, that uh, that a Kareem Hunt trade is is not unlikely. Um, well, yeah, but I, last, I th- year, th- go ahead. last year of his contract too, right? So and they didn't extend yep. him, and then all yep. that sitting out, sitting yeah. on team drills and everything. It didn't it didn't look good. So I I think with uh, having Ford back there, I think that's, you know, and with Kelly on the practice squad, you know, that guy just, he he balled out all preseason. I know, again, against the twos and the threes and everything like that, but, you know, they got too much talent there, and he's a genuine asset. So if they get an injury or something early on, I think he's going to be, I I can see him gone before week three or four. Yeah, and I almost feel like like they're in a spot where they can kind of, wait and see if somebody goes down for another team and then Kareem's value goes up and then they, you know, then, then they can either get, you know, they can either get that receiver, that tight end, um, or, you know, or a higher pick or picks, whatever, um, you know, whatever kind of package, um, for, for Kareem, especially if it's a team that's trying to compete, you know, this season, um, which pretty much everybody is in the first three, four weeks of the season. So, well, that's right. um, right. so so yeah, but uh, I, I, and everybody loves Kareem Hunt. I mean, every, everybody would have loved to have seen him finish his career here, you know, Chubb. But when you just when you look at the room, it's like, man, it's just it's a um, what do you what do you call that a, a uh, um, what what's the term a, a, a something of riches? Um, Oh, yeah, an yeah, embarrassment no, of riches. Yeah, an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. the term. So, so yeah, I mean, you just you can't. There's not enough footballs for all these guys. So, um, I, I think it. I think it would be a move that would benefit Kareem and it would benefit the Browns. Um, so, so I think, uh, and, and I think if Kareem's moved, I think he's probably immediately going to sign an extension, which will make him happy. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think it just makes the most sense. Um, he's, you know, he's the oldest of the guys who you would trade. Um, and that just kind of goes with, with the theme of what they're trying to do. So um, it's certainly not that I want to see him go. I, I mean, I love the guy, but um, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't fit with what they're doing right now. And it's just not necessary to have all of these guys on the team. I mean, um, I, I think you want I think you want. Ford to get some carries this year, and if if Chubb, Hunt, and Johnson are all here, I don't know how many carries Ford even even is going to get. It's almost like you're saving them for next season. Yeah, pretty much all special team reps. Pretty much is all he'll get. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. So, the thing um, is if, they, if they sign a guy, though, they bring a guy in, who do they knock off the roster? Who are they going to let go? You know, that's the only thing. I think that's why they haven't signed another tight end yet, because I just well, think they're I think, waiting, waiting. Yeah, I almost feel like like you got like you got to um, let one of the offensive linemen go. I don't know where else you make a cut on this roster. Yeah, yeah. No, there was a you lot know? of those. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think you can carry 10 offensive linemen and drop somebody from another spot. That wouldn't make uh, any sense at all. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't get that. So, um, guys, we, yeah, we got to talk about Kate York. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I put a tweet out about the fact that, um, I think Cade York could do for the kicking game. Um, for the for the distance in the kicking game, um, what the uh, what the Justin Tucker has done for the accuracy in the kicking game, and that I wouldn't be surprised if if maybe by sometime next season the Browns are regularly going for field goals in the sixty yardish range. I'm not saying sixty plus, but you know, uh, 58, 59, 60, 61, depending. <clears throat> Um, just because of his leg, and he seems to have the accuracy, and he seems to be getting better. But I think you know it's going to depend on how accurate he is on these kicks. It would uh, depend on, yeah, it would depend definitely changes. depend on the weather conditions. Um, yeah. You're not going to run him out there in December kicking into the wind for a 60 yard. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but I I could see that. So. Um, I just, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Field conditions aside, do you think he's, do you think that um, he is that much different from other kickers to where he can, you know, have that much of an impact on the kicking game? Um, what do you think, Jeff? Um, you know, back, I think it was under Marty Schottenheimer. Um, we had a punter, um, Steve Cox, I think was his name. Yeah. Who who would every once in a while attempt a long field goal, right? Yeah. Because he I had a still, super booming leg, right? I can still picture the one you're thinking of. <laughs> right, right, right. So, no, you know what? I In, in principle, I agree with what you're saying um, that – Cade York's going to be a weapon for sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure that NFL head coaches are going to be comfortable with <laughs> risking it all on, you know, field position swaps when you miss a 60 plus yard field goal. Okay. It's just, it's mm-hmm. really high risk versus punting. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think, I think there'll be plenty of opportunities for him to do that. And I think probably, before the end of this season, he'll probably set the NFL length record. As a rookie. Uh, as a rookie. Yeah. And what is the length record right now? Is it 76? 66? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I, something like that. Yeah. Um, that, that 57 or what was it? The 58 yard, 57 yarder he kicked. Yeah. That like was like halfway up on the net. <laughs> it looked like it would have been good from from. Probably seventy, right? Or something like that. 
So, yeah, if it's 66, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think he can do that. And and I agree. I don't think um, the Browns, you know, I don't think Stefanski would be crazy and say, oh, we're in his range, just send him out there. Um, because it, it depends on a lot of things. It depends how your defense is playing, too. And, I mean, as, well, especially if the defense is playing while well, you're probably going to punt. But um, I think he'll have chances near the end of the half, the end of the game, things like this, or you know, or if games are lopsided, to to go out there and 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 try these kicks. And I, you know, I think it could happen. I'll say one thing: you know, he doesn't lack confidence. A lot of our kickers we've had over the last five, six years always get a revolving door. You can just see when they went out there; they just didn't look like they were comfortable. Even at the 48, 49 yard range, this guy has no, he's just, he's got no fear. That can be scary too, yeah. but it's kind of, it's kind of nice yeah. to see that, have the confidence that he, he thinks he's going to make every one. He does. He does. He does not look like a rookie. Nope, not, not at all. And, and Jeff, I remember if you're thinking of the, the, the 70 yard attempt that, uh, that Steve Cox had in Denver. Right. And, and I mean, I, I thought he was going to make it. You know, I'm thinking, uh-huh. oh, he's got the leg for it. He goes up there and he like, he like shanked it off his ankle or something, <laughs> and it like went completely off to the left at like a 45 degree angle. I don't think it ever got more than like 10 feet off the ground. <laughs> and I think that was the end of it. I don't know if they ever really tried another long one with him after that. I just looked it up. Uh, Justin Tucker broke the field goal record last season against the Lions with 66 yarder as time was expiring. So he holds that record too? He holds that record as well. I had no idea that he held that record too. So, well, he, Tucker's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, he is. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he just, he doesn't miss. He never misses. He's automatic. No. Yeah. Yeah, to know that he's kicking, still kicking, that he kicked 66 last season. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I hope he enjoys holding that record for a year or so. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then, and then they'll lose it to a Brown. I hope that makes him feel. Oh, good. he's going to lose it to yeah. a Brown this year. That's good. That's yeah, good. I hope so. Yeah. yeah, so, so that that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I had no hear about Blake Hans, but we talked about that. Um, I kind of wanted to do a moment of silence for Jeff, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll let that go. I, well, you know, I think the bad part, Rod, is is that, that they brought in Yelda Froholt, and and they're very similar players. I mean, in terms of their versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, um, hey, good good for good for Yelda, and and Blake is. I mean, he was claimed by four teams, I think. So. Um, he's he's going to play. He, he's going to play for the. I think it's the 49ers that, that ended up with him. He's he's going to play. So well, great for him. Line linemen who leave the Browns tend to do pretty well on other teams. <laughs> That's true. It's kind of a history kind of deal. Yeah, it, it usually happens. So, well, guys, I, I got one more thing I want to talk about real quick, and then uh, we'll see if you guys have anything, and we'll we'll get on out of here. But I did. I did a little tournament on Twitter about the uh, the greatest individual season in NFL history, and I took nominations, and I got down to, I think, 16 of them. So this was not scientific at all. Um, we may have actually missed the, the true greatest season of all time, but this is what people gave me, and 
I don't even know if I added any to this because I started adding a couple and then I started counting again. And I'm like, oh, I've got 16. I'm good. So, um, so I took, I took off a really good season by Walter Payton and didn't include it. So, um, but anyways, the uh, the finals were uh, were going on, actually finishing up right about now, I think, and. You guys know my following, so um, you might <laughs> not be surprised by who won this tournament. And I'm scrolling down to the the final vote here, um, final vote total. Oh, well, we got some last-minute votes. There's actually, um, oh, it is final results. Um, this, uh, the finals were uh, 1963 Jim Brown. Um, which this was a um, um, 14 game season when he ran for 1,863 yards, which was um, which was about 133 yards, 133, 134 yards per game. Um, 12 touchdowns. He also had 268 yards receiving and another three three touchdowns. Um, he was up against. Um, oh, you know what? Wait a second. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong one. Yeah. I was going to say, that's not my final. I'm looking at the semis. Okay. Yeah, it's actually let everybody, let everybody know I voted for that Jim Brown one. Just let you know. That's, that's, you voted that's for the one. Jim Brown. Okay. Well, I was how, say, how, would a, how would a Cleveland fan not vote for Jim Brown? I'm, I'm so, so biased. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so that was Jim Brown. He was up against 2013 Peyton Manning when he when he threw for 5,477 yards, 55 touchdowns, and 10 picks. Um, and there is one hour, 13 minutes left if anybody would like to vote. Um, right now, Jim Brown has 69% of the vote to Peyton Manning's 31%. So it looks like Jim Brown's going to win in a cakewalk. But um, just... <laughs> I, I can't if you say did I'm this with Colts fans, it would have gone the other way. It would have gone the other way easily. Um, wow. But uh, this was kind of interesting because I had, you know, it was primarily quarterbacks, uh, running backs, wide receivers, and then um, I had maybe what three, three, maybe four defensive players on this who had outstanding defensive seasons, and almost all the defensive players lost in the first round because um, it's harder to. I guess it's harder to quantify a defensive season, but um, you know Aaron Donald's 20.5 sack season. Um, he took an L in the first first round. Um, Lawrence Taylor had the same number of sacks, and he lost in the first round. Uh, Dick Knight Train Lane has 14 picks. He actually won a round or two. Um, and then uh, uh, Cooper Cup went. I think he went a round or two with the season he had last year. Um, where he had 145 catches and, and almost 2,000 yards. Um, it, it was it was kind of interesting, but you know I did this because I did the same thing with baseball a while back. But you guys know ba- baseball is just more of a statistical game. It just is. Yeah, so right. yeah. so for some reason, um, even even putting Jim Brown up against Peyton Manning just isn't the same as having a final where you're putting Ty Cobb up against Babe Ruth. It's just not quite, right. 
So, so this was fun, yeah. but um, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know if you fun. if you somehow indicated it in your in your poll there, but um, you know, Night Train Lane did that as a rookie. You know, as a rookie, just talking about with with, uh, with Cade York, you know, potentially setting the the longest field goal record as a rookie. I mean, Night Train Lane set that interception record as a rookie, also, which to me is incredible. Yeah, I did not know that. Um, but I mean, Dan, um, Dan Marino's season was in here too, and I think he was like 23 when he threw for 5,000 yards and 48 touchdowns. And I mean, that was <laughs> yeah. that was the, that was the standard for for what um, 20 some years, you right. know, like 25 years or more. Um, so I mean, that was an outstanding season. By that was his. I, I don't know if that was his rookie year. Um, it was either his first or second year. I think it might, might have been. Yeah, first, second, yeah. yeah. Clayton yeah. and Duper. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, and he went to the Super Bowl, too, didn't he, that season? Yeah. 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 Only only time, yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I, I had um, 1977 Walter Payton when he ran for uh, 1,852 yards and 14 touchdowns and, and had uh, 269 yards receiving and another two touchdowns um but and knowing him he probably threw for a couple touchdowns that season too but uh but i i had to kick that one out because i already had 16 so but, um, but That's okay. you know, we're not bears fans so we're not gonna we don't care right <laughs> but yeah the interesting thing about uh, that jim brown season is that if you look over his seasons i mean that's the most yards he had but it, it's it's not I don't think it's the most touchdowns he had. So, you, I mean, you could really make some arguments if you look at his receiving yards and stuff in other seasons that that may not have even been his best season. Right. <laughs> yeah. so that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. But nice. Uh, so uh, I think we've covered it, guys. So uh, um, let's uh, let's get some closing thoughts. Uh, Craig. It's been fun. Uh, it's been fun. It's been good talking to you. Um, I kind of feel like I, I kind of feel like I held the floor a little bit longer than usual tonight, and I apologize for that, guys. <laughs> no problem. It's your show. You do whatever yeah. you wish. Right. I, I don't usually do that, though. <laughs> don't That's usually all right. do that. So, um, every, appreciate you guys having me on. It's 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 been really nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. Um, and is there anything you'd like to leave the the listeners with? Just go Browns. Same thing I say almost all the time when I tweet. Just go Browns. Absolutely. So everybody follow. can everybody can give you a follow at Brown underscore Northern. And yep. and uh, Jeff, any closing thoughts tonight? Yeah, just, you know, the 53 is a living thing. Um, just because, you know, we knew who the first 53 were going to be doesn't mean we know what's going to happen from there on out. There's always changes. Um, so it's fun talking about this and, and guessing, you know, who's going to make it and so forth. It's really the best thing I take away from this, what we said earlier, is that the fact that we can nail it so closely right now tells us how good this roster really is. And that's what we ought to really be celebrating. Yeah, I agree with that too. Because we haven't had that in maybe ever or right. in decades, anyways. Decades for sure for us older guys that remember things where they used to be. It's yeah. been it's been a long time. Yes, it has. Definitely. This has been the Browns Blitz.
we will catch you next time.